Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Gio and Joey show. Joey, how are you doing today? Better than I deserve. Amen, brother. Look, today we're going to show a video. We're going to open the episode with a video that really captures my disgust for how the pandemic went and how it wasn't so much for me the vaccine, even though we're starting to see that there are some ill effects of the vaccine. That wasn't it for me. And that's not what this video captures. What it captures for me, though, is the attitude people had for somebody with a different opinion. And that really, seeing this video really brought back those emotions. And you know who you are, especially in my particular faith. You know who you are, who was taking the same attitude. Let's roll the tape and we'll go from there. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. You are the unvaccinated. You are the problem. It is the unvaccinated who are the problem, period, end of story. The only people that you can blame, the only people you can blame, this isn't shaming, this is the truth. Maybe they should be shamed, are the unvaccinated. It's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. Anyone you came into contact with will blame you as will the rest of us who have done the right thing by getting vaccinated. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. I think it's time to get our moral house in order, Anderson. It's the unvaccinated who are the threat. All those vaccinated folks are going to start wearing masks to protect the unvaccinated folks. It's called a Christian value. You're basically punishing the vaccinated uh, for the the sins of the unvaccinated. People are not behaving honorably. The unvaccinated are basically saying, well, it's open season for me. I can do whatever I want as well. The, the unvaccinated are basically beating their breasts and running around the country saying, ha ah, ha, we don't care, we're living free and so forth. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. The unvaccinated, a group that includes children and people acting like children. <laughs> And the rest of us are starting to get pissed off. The vaccinated feel the unvaccinated are making me upset or angry. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom. The other day, Howard Stern weighed in with a much different approach. Take a look. <laughs> when are we going to stop putting up with the idiots in this country and just say, you now, it's mandatory to get vaccinated, their freedom but you're treading on our freedom and you're making other people sick and really you're killing other people the anti-vaxxers they seem to have a thing for death and home remedies the anti-maskers turned anti-vaxxers are not just putting their own lives at risk if that was the issue we could just say that we can watch them compete to win places show in the darwin awards we have to start doing things for the greater good of society and not for idiots who think that they can do their own research and don't get me started on the lunatics who won't take any of the COVID vaccines life is too short to be an ass life is way too short to be ignorant of the promise of something that is helping people worldwide maybe you're doing it because um you're you're disconnected or disorganized maybe you have some sympathetic psychological Reasons. But maybe you're just being antisocial. Oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly. Yes, they are. Those who are not vaccinated will end up paying the price. The unvaccinated should be taxed. 
uh, they should pay more for health care. We need to start looking at the choice to remain unvaccinated the same as we look at driving while intoxicated. We're going to see, and I've said, almost mm -hmm. two types of America. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. And that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. Pointing back to the unvaccinated who are really creating a problem in this country, every death that we are seeing from COVID could have been prevented. Literally, the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. Shame on you. I don't know how some of you sleep at night. Bro, I sleep all right. <laughs> bro, watching that all over again just boils the the emotions again. They're lying through their teeth. They knew it or they're deceived. But this shouldn't surprise us at all. Let me jump in there before I say something. Let me let you jump in there before I say something that'll get me fired or something. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. One thing that jumped out at me when I watched this video the first time is that this isn't a right or left issue. There was a Republican governor of Alabama, Kay Ivey. She's saying there, I forget exactly her quote, but she was in there. Michael Steele, that guy, he was the former RNC chair at one point, I think during the Bush years, and he's the former lieutenant governor of Maryland as a Republican. So there's this kind of class of people who view themselves so far above the everyday man that they can just talk about people who make decisions they don't like in the worst possible ways. I think there's been an attitude sometimes with some people on the right, but it's not even anywhere morally comparable we're seeing in that video of like, you know, ridiculing or making fun of people because they got vaccinated or they made a different choice. I saw, I think it was Mike Flynn, who in his rally was talking about like pure bloods versus unpure bloods. That's crazy stuff, okay? We shouldn't look down at people because they make a medical decision for themselves that's different than the one that I make or the one that you make or whatever. I think the systemic problem that we saw was people in power, generally on the left, but some on the right, who just decided we can talk about people and shame them in any way we want if it gets them to go along with what we want them to do. What annoyed me the most is that our president and Fauci, people with national authority, were using the phrases and actors like Schwarzenegger using the phrases of basically forget your freedom. That's what this country's about. It's about freedom, knuckleheads. We should never leave our freedom at the door of somebody else's conscience. Never. Never, never, never. And you and I knowing from our prophetic understanding of history where this is going and where the danger of this lies. Because once you start abdicating your liberty of conscience to somebody else's conscience, then you've lost. You're less than human. And that's why you should always fight for your rights. You may be wrong. You may be ill-informed, but you should always have the freedom to fight for your liberty of conscience. 100% agree. And I just want to say, I guess there's a lesson there for performative masculinity doesn't make you very masculine. It doesn't necessarily make you masculine because that guy's supposedly the Terminator, right, in the movies, and yet he's over here saying, screw your freedom. Or the other guy, he's always been a degenerate, 
but at least he used to be edgy, like buck the system, Howard Stern, mm-hmm. right? And in the 90s, for people who watched him back then, he was all about like, I'm the tough guy, I'm going to buck the system, I'm not going to go with the status quo, I'm politically incorrect. And yet over COVID, like he just reduced himself to like simping for the establishment narrative, no matter what. I think I just saw something was like, in 2022 was like the first time that he left his house or his compound in two years. I'm like, long way from this culture war machismo to just afraid and living in absolute terror. You know what they say about crisis? Crisis reveals characters. And those of us who had legitimate doubts about this vaccine and about the mandates, that's really is the thing I'm about. The lack of liberty of conscience, the lack of hospitality to your neighbor who may think differently. They showed you who they are. They're no different than those who went along with uh, Hitler and Nazi Germany. They showed you who they are. And that's why I don't trust any of those people. Not that I trusted them before because I don't look to media. But I knew from the guts of my heart that, well, we know from our religious history that anybody who tries to force, coerce, they're never on the right side because force and coercion are the realm of Satan. And for those in my religious affiliation, those of you in my denomination who were belittling people, saying basically that we were second class Shame on you, basically, is what it is. But, hey, you're welcome to have your opinion. But you were willing, knowing our church's history, you were willing to force others and coerce others. Remember that when the time of trouble comes. Bro. Preach. Preach. Yeah, no, I just want to say, so going into this graph, teeing it up a little, one of the, I guess I would say it's the downside and it's why you should never engage in consequentialist ethics. In other words, you think... I think there's questionable motives behind the lying and everything. But let's say for point of argument that the motives were what they say they are and they're pure and good and like they really wanted to save life. And so what they decided to do is like, so in or- we want to save life. We think this vaccine will save life and people should get it. But yet they're not. So we're going we're gonna to lie. We're going to coerce. We're going to deceive in order to get them to do this thing that we truly believe will save lives. Here's why it doesn't work. Here's why that's bad. Say you do coerce lots of people. And they did. I mean, lots of people got it. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to lose their job. So say you're successful. But here's what you've done. You, you lose credibility in the long run, particularly if what you're coercing and forcing people to do turns out to not be the greatest thing or not 100% effective, like you were saying. And if we, if we bring this graph up, we'll see that Republicans have actually, as a group, have gone, have lost trust in not just the COVID vaccine, but in other much more well-established vaccines that they themselves supported a couple of years ago. And, and before we get, yeah, and before I get to the graph, but let me mention this. It's the old, the old story of the boy who cried wolf. They pounded this into the consciences of people. And look, these are the facts. The vaccine doesn't work. It may have helped older people, but for the most part, those of us who have natural immunity, it's better. 
mask didn't work. Everything they said about this, that the vaccinated couldn't spread the virus, all a lie. So how do you expect people in the next crisis to to respond and even trust people like Fauci or the government of the United States? You have cried wolf and your house came falling down. Let me put this graphic up. Go ahead. Expound on it, Joey. Yeah, so just so the headline there says, right, decline in the share of Republicans who support vaccine requirement for children who attend public schools. And we don't need to necessarily go through all this, but you can definitely see it's gone down from, I think, 2019, I believe was the. No, June 16. Yeah. And what we've seen there is like a good, like most of my life. Republicans, generally speaking, have been on the side of we want responsible vaccines. Now, listen, I like growing up in my faith tradition, I also am a Seventh-day Adventist. There's always been some skepticism among, I would say it's a minority position among, you know, parents who make a different decision. And listen, I do believe that even in those situations, we should err on the side of liberty and respect parents' decision. But like my my own advice would be, you should get your kids vaccinated. The I'm talking about the big ones, right? MMR, mm-hmm. polio. I think it's good. I think if you look at the data, right, of like polio, for instance, polio killed a lot of people. And you can look at the introduction of the vaccine and the death rate drops. So I'm pro-vaccine generally, but you have to look at each specific vaccine, right? And yeah, ultimately you should make a decision. And also I will just say, I think there's legitimate questions to be asked, say, if your kid's born and that day in the hospital, loading them up with, what, 40 different shots or whatever, that might not be the wisest thing. But coming up with a plan over the, maybe over their first two years of life to responsible vaccine plan, right? I'm all for that. I think that's good. I think it saved a lot of lives. I think over the early 2000s, the introduction of this anti-vaccine movement has brought back a lot of diseases that were previously eradicated, basically. So I'm pro-vaccine. But what we've seen, and I think has accelerated the trend of the anti-vaccine movement, is the lies, is the coercion, is the corruption of the medical industry. And so that's that, I think, is concerning. I agree with you. And look, not saying anything negative about you, but you're not a parent, right? And so you are not yet weighing these decisions. And for those looking at the video, I am a parent of three girls. And so I too am not anti-vaccine. My girls are vaccinated, but that's because we decide which ones they get and which ones they don't get. And for any of you to say, oh, you're just a a man, you. what do you know about? My wife is a board-certified doctor of internal medicine. So we decide what vaccines our children get. But this COVID vaccine smells fishy from the get-go. And no way are we going to put that in our children when the studies show that children are overwhelmingly surviving even if they get COVID. So that coercion, that's what irks me, that coercion, that forcing people to do something against their conscience. And so, yes, I'm not against vaccines, but we decide which ones, and we're not going to necessarily follow the schedule they prescribe. My wife, using her board-certified medical brain, decides when to space them out. But nevertheless, our girls are vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. 
I just didn't get the COVID vaccine because I'm a young, healthy, infit 50-year-old. I wasn't 50 at the time. But nevertheless, I got COVID twice and it was I've had flus that were worse. Why? Because we stay on top of our health. We exercise. We eat right. And it was, like I said, not so much the vaccine, but the coercion that really annoyed me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And just back to that video that we want, that we opened up with, the language of dehumanization, that is the language that, pre, that predates every major atrocity. Think of Hitler. Hitler described the Jews as vermin. Hitler described the Jews as a threat to the public order and the public health and the public safety and, you know, Germany's economic greatness, right? And then what happened, right? Well, we had the Holocaust, right? The worst systematic, you know, genocide attempt in history, right? One of the most evil things to ever happen. But it started with dehumanizing language. And so I just think wherever you are in the political spectrum, you shouldn't dehumanize people who have an opinion that's different than yours, right? We're all human beings made in the Imago Dei, the image of God. And so that means we should have a base level of respect, even if we vehemently disagree. Plus democracy depends on being able to disagree without dehumanizing. And not only that, in our faith tradition, but in Christianity in general, we know there's going to be persecution of Christians. And we just saw in this clip, in these two years of the pandemic, a preview of the same attitude people are going to have towards Christians. That same dehumanizing aspect that certain people deserve to die simply because they don't want to go along with the status quo. And we are called to Never surrender our conscience to anyone. In fact, even God, who wants us to follow him, invites us to come and let us reason together. Because he doesn't want to force your conscience. He is the ultimate persuader. He will, if you are open to it, you will see that his ways are best and he, per, he persuades you to follow him. That's why I follow him. Not because I surrendered my conscience to him, but because I know in my conversations with him through prayer, through the word of God, through nature, that his ways are best. Our next clip that we're going to show goes perfect. It's a different topic, but it goes perfectly with the theme of this show of the elites or political political parties or political apparatchiks lying because they want to push a particular narrative or delegitimize their political opponents. So this is the, a clip by Fox detailing the results of the Durham report, which just dropped, which just kind of shows the origins of the whole Trump-Russia collusion storyline. For those who were alive in... 2017, 2018, the early years of the Trump presidency, we'll remember this dominated the news cycle. This was everything. This was, they got him now. The walls are closing in on Donald Trump. And so let's just tee up the video and then we can talk about it. Yeah, let me say this real quick. It's not because we're pro-Trump. The purpose of this video that we're showing is that they're lying they're lying to us constantly. And if they do it to Trump, if they did it to people who do not have the same inclination to get this COVID vaccine, if they did it to those two groups, they'll do it to anybody who stands in their way. Let me 
cue this up. I quote, failed to uphold their mission of a strict fidelity to the law in connection with certain events and activities described in this report. It goes on to say a senior FBI personnel displayed a serious lack of analytical rigor towards the information that they received, especially information received from politically affiliated persons and entities. Of course, I want to continue to detail what this means as the Durham report finds the DOJ and the FBI failed to uphold his mission of strict fidelity to the law in that Trump-Russia probe. The special counsel, John Durham, found the Department of Justice and FBI, they said this, failed to uphold that mission when it launched the Trump-Russia investigation. Of course, Fox News Digital obtaining Durham's report Monday afternoon after a years-long investigation into the origins of the FBI's original investigation known as crossfire hurricane. That investigation looked into whether the Trump campaign coordinated with Russia to influence the 2016 presidential election. Durham was set to release this report on Monday afternoon as it spans more than 300 pages. Durham added that his investigation also revealed that senior FBI personnel displayed a serious lack of analytical rigor towards the information that they received, especially information received from politically affiliated persons and entities. This information in part triggered and sustained Crossfire Hurricane and contributed to the subsequent need for special counsel Mueller's investigation. This according to the report, it continues, in particular, there was significant reliance on investigative uh, information there. Durham said it was a continued need for the FBI and the department to recognize that the lack of analytical rigor, apparent confirmation bias, and an over-willingness to rely on information from individuals connected to political opponents caused investigators to fail to adequately consider alternative hypotheses and to act without appropriate objectivity or restraint in pursuing allegations of collusion or conspiracy between the U.S. political campaign and a foreign power. So certainly some big news there coming out of uh, the Durham report today here that we're following on live now from Fox is, is a certainly a major development there as the Durham report finds the DOJ and FBI failed to uphold that mission of strict fidelity to the law in that Trump-Russia probe. I'm Andy Mack here on live now. And you know what bothers me about this is that no one's going to be held accountable for it. And for those who say, look, I don't trust anything comes from Fox. The Durham report was independent and even CNN are admitting you can find clips on YouTube that it was a farce. It was a farce. But what irks me is that no one's going to hold accountable. Hillary should be in jail. Obama should be in jail for this. This is what countries like Nazi Germany did to their political opponents. And that's what we're trying to prevent. If we let this slide, then, well, where's a country headed to? Biblically, prophetically, we know where it's headed to. But we should hold back the winds of strife as much as possible. Joey, take it away. Get, when is the all the New York Times and all these going to give back the Pulitzer prizes that they gave themselves for reporting on the Russia probe? <laughs> Never. That's not going to happen. But I don't necessarily know that I want Hillary or Obama to go to prison simply because I think any more like when the left comes after Trump right and right now they're trying to throw him in prison. I generally 
I'm not going to say this is, it should be a rule, but I, it's generally not a good state when political leaders, particularly high up ones, like from administration to administration, wind up in orange jumpsuits. It can have a destabilizing influence on the, the governing structure. But like the media, if they're really going to be the fourth estate, they have to tell the truth, right? And our media just doesn't do that. Our media is got an agenda, they've got a narrative, and that's and the truth be damned, right? <laughs> Ultimately, they're going to go, they're going to push their narrative regardless. And the thing that's so frustrating for me is like, as a conservative, right, I think there's legitimate cases and issues to have with Donald Trump. I like something that Andrew Clavin said on his show recently, where he's like, if the media just did their job honestly, Donald Trump may hang his own political aspirations. But as long as they they engage in this consequentialist ethics of like the ends justify the means of stopping Trump, and as long as he can honestly go to his base, his Republican base, and say, listen, they're coming after me because they hate you. And I think, listen, there's a legitimate case to be made there. He's going to continue to dominate the field, much to the chagrin of someone like me who would like to see a younger, more energetic conservative. It's just they're lying. Again, here's the key, I think. And again, assuming good motives or assuming assuming that their motives are good in their own mind, right? The problem is ends do not justify the means. There are no legitimate ends that justify evil means, right? Whether you're on the right, whether you're on the left, no matter what. And yet, you know, our media is just headlong, like we'll go into anything. If it's orange man bad, we're going to go for it. And that, yeah. Yeah, I... And they've, sh- they've shot their institutional credibility, right? In other words, before the Trump years, Republicans were more likely to trust the U.S. military. They're more likely to trust the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Justice, right? The Institute, the, you know, Congress. And yet over these years, those people have been they, – they've looked at this and said, you're telling me the FBI lied about um, – you know, lied about the Russia investigation. Really? They do that? And now going forward, institutional trust is gone. I agree. Look, and with you, you know, I would prefer just Trump just go away. You know, let young blood uh, get into the political foray, although that's separate. Now, let me ask you a question, though, about this. If it turns out that the Biden family is receiving all this money illegally corrupt, you wouldn't want to see them in jail? Because if that was you, you'd be so far in jail, your ancestors wouldn't know who you were. I'm not saying I, I would oppose. Like, like, listen, obviously, no one is above the law, right? And people should be tried. I'll go to another a historical example. Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon broke the law, right? Like, it's, you know... Watergate is pretty well-established history. And, you know, what he did was wrong. Um, The first action of Gerald Ford's administration was, and it was politically unpopular at the time, but he pardoned Nixon. And I think that was the right choice. um, Simply because, now, that doesn't, uh, that pardon doesn't mean Nixon wasn't guilty. But it means 
I do think it says something about the stability of our elections when we're just throwing previous heads of state into prison, right? So for instance, now I think many of the charges that are being brought against Trump are fallacious and um, politically motivated, but let's say, I think the most statesmanly thing Joe Biden could do, say Trump, say there is some legitimate charge and Trump's convicted, right? I think the most, the best thing that could be done for the stability of our government, and I, I would give him props for it, is if Joe Biden came out and said, listen, um, in return for not re seeking re-election, I'm going to pardon Donald Trump. I think that would be good, right? I don't think Trump should wind up behind bars any more than I think Biden should. Um, that doesn't mean that there are ways we can't hold them accountable. That doesn't mean I think he should avoid impeachment, potentially, if it rises to the level of high crime or misdemeanor. But no, I just think we're getting into banana republic territory when we're from one... Because in other words, we have a two-party system. In other mm -hmm. words, when there's Democrats in power, it's inevitable that Republicans are going to come to power again and vice versa, right? So if we're going from one administration to the next and we're just deciding to put the last guy in prison each time, it's just, it's not... It's you know what? You know what my democracy. you know what my answer to that is? Stop doing things that'll get you in prison. You and I don't do things that gets us in prison. But but what happens? What happens when the appearance of the DOJ is politically motivated? In other words, so in other words, would Republicans would there be enough faith in the DOJ among Republicans? Say Trump is convicted of a crime that he actually did do, but would there be enough faith? in the DOJ to trust that, to trust that the, it wasn't politically motivated. We're not just targeting the opposition leader, right? Like, you know, like Putin mm -hmm. would do or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I, I'd have to explore that more, but his son better be in jail. I'll tell you that much. If for, the, if for nothing else, the prostitutes and the, the sex trafficking. Yeah, and all the apparent money laundering. We'll end on a good news story. I saw this from the Washington Post, right? Everybody gets it right sometimes. It broke clocks right twice a day. <laughs> so we'll end on this positive story, a feel-good story. Sometimes I think these stories come out of liberal sites because they think that seeing, because they think we're all racist, right? So they think seeing all black people with guns, that's going to make the conservatives turn against the Second Amendment. In reality, all the 2A supporters are like, yes, yes, it's for everybody. But what I like about what I loved about this story is this pastor and obviously he's in crime riddled New Orleans. His he's seeing his parishioners are affected by this violent crime. And so what he and if any of our viewers go and look up the story, what he basically decided to do is he's like, listen, we're going to have classes at our church to teach people responsible gun ownership, responsible use, target practice. And it's like, but what I like about it is like and this is kind of the maybe we'll do a full episode on the second amendment sometime but in other words the reason why it's there right in other words it's about personal responsibility and taking responsibility for your protection protection of your community and your family and ultimately it goes to the dignity of each human being and so i just i liked this story and i thought it was a good feel good one to end on yeah i agree but like we spoke off air my first thing, I'm not opposed to the Second Amendment, but my first thing is I'd move out of the neighborhood. I'd try to get out of there because if you read the article, it's a really crime 
ridden area. And for those of you who might be thinking, it's easy for you to say, I grew up in the South Bronx where killings were regular things and I did end up moving out. So I speak from personal experience. Get out, get an education, work hard and get yourself out of these cities. That being said, I commend the pastor for not just taking the victim mindset, but for being proactive and teaching his people. I like that in the story, it said there was a woman who had never owned a gun and she almost got carjacked because she's an Uber driver. And I like what she said. She said, I need to work. And so she learned to protect herself. She doesn't want to give up on the agency of self-sufficiency on working. And as Colin Noir likes to say, when seconds counts, the police are minutes away. You have to protect yourself. You have to. And it's not against Christianity to protect yourself. The Bible talks about self-defense. And so get that out of your mind. I'm not just going to lay there. I'm going to protect my family. And so I commend this pastor and we should lift them up in prayer. And if you're in the area, give them a shout out and let them know that he's being proactive and doing a good thing. Joey, wrap us up. What all these stories, they let it like, I think a threat is we're living in uncertain times, unstable times. But I think as we look at the news headlines and as we look at the things going on to keep it in perspective that like this world is not our home. This isn't the final destination for Christians. So we should pursue justice and right. We should urge our leaders to do the right and we should vote and we should be active citizens. But ultimately, we're not going to, we're not post-millennialists here, right? We're not going to create God's kingdom on earth. We can pursue justice and we can advocate for it. But ultimately, the kingdom that's going to come as a stone uncut by human hands is going to demolish all the systems. And so that's we should keep that perspective. We're pursuing and it can keep us optimistic because no matter how bad things get, we know God is ultimately going to bring it all to an end. And so we can pursue justice as what Rush Limbaugh used to call happy warriors. I agree. No matter how dark it gets, no matter how infuriating it can get. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Keep your eyes looking for truth if you're not a believer in Christianity. But when you find truth, it'll end up at the feet of Jesus Christ. Until next time, take care. God bless.